I mean, who else looked more like Eddie Vedder, what? the quarterbacks in the <laughs> Right. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> it's, it's the hair and the chin. That's awesome. Yeah. I think he could. <laughs> I think he could at one point. We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be tough. That is good. Even flow. Yep. Floats around. I can't you, remember the you words. You were just a little bit, it was a little ahead of your time. A little ahead of my time. But I, like, I, I went back and listened. Before the world turned upside down, that, that was awesome. in March. And now from Eddie Vedder to River Phoenix and Stand By Me. That's what he looks you like. you guys want to go see a dead body? You're yes. right. That's exactly what it is. You know, I saw the picture yesterday. And I was like, man, he reminds me of something and I can't figure out who it is. It's it is it. It's Stand By Me, River Phoenix. Holy cow. It's it's like his brother. Yeah, Good and, call. and I, I've, I've looked at the before and after. I mentioned this yesterday on PFTPM. It's it's like with the haircut, his hairline actually moved farther down his forehead, like <laughs> like his scalp, like circled the wagons to protect itself from the Clippers. It, it's just really strange to see the difference. And I think it looks fine, but man, that hair. I mean, that's Samson, right? I mean, I, Delilah cut Samson's hair. Is he still going to be able to play the way that he did? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, you're right. I'm sure people I gave him crap, but he's probably like, yeah, I'm playing good, but I'd like to win. So the hell with that old hair. You know, maybe this will change the luck that way. Uh, and with Justin Herbert, just in our little interaction with him at the combine and just watching him, I don't think he gives a damn what his hair looks like, really. I don't think he really cares. I, I don't think there's much that affects him and his mood in life. He just wants to play football and go. Yeah, but that hair was so awesome. It was so awesome. It does not get that awesome just randomly or without any design. I think, I think there was a lot of effort that he would never admit to that was put into that hair. And it was worth it. The hair was awesome. And it'll be back in time. It will grow. That's how it Definitely. works. I, I'm no doctor, but I know that hair grows. So he'll he'll be back to looking like the guy that he was. Unless all of a sudden they win the rest of their games, then he'll have the River Phoenix haircut for the rest of his career. All right. Uh, top 10 Chris Sims quarterbacks midway through the season. I hope we're going to do a side-by-side -side of June and now because I don't remember the list exactly yeah from when we did it this summer right it looks a lot different now it does and, well and yeah. uh do you want to go from the bottom to the top or the top to the bottom well since we've unveiled the whole thing let's start at the top patrick mahomes he was number one he's still number one what a shock he's patrick mahomes exactly yeah i mean that, that that's a no-brainer it really isn't i mean it just there's just no situation anything i mean there's no weakness to his game really you know, we've talked about it. Whatever it is, movement, decision-making, appropriate throws, clutchness, ability to make things happen off schedule, ability to make things happen when there's nothing there to be had. Um, he's the most special quarterback we have in the sport. So that was a no-brainer. And he's now the favorite to be the MVP after Russell Wilson had a couple of bad performances that made him no longer the odds-on favorite. Now, I think Wilson was two. Yes. And O. Aaron Rodgers was three. Right. You've now done the flippy flop. I have. And you've, you're back in Aaron Rodgers' good graces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to kiss his butt a little here down the stretch of the season. But, no, you know, listen, realistically, hey, how could the, not, the last four weeks change my mind a little bit about how those two match up? I mean, they're both awesome. We know that. 
amazing. Russell Wilson's still phenomenal. I don't care about the turnovers or anything like that. You know, but yes, when I'm comparing him to Aaron Rodgers and I'm going, whoa, these guys are both awesome. How am I going to separate that? You know, yes, uh, Russell Wilson's lost three out of the last four, and you could certainly argue that, you know, he was a big part of why they lost some of those games. You know, Aaron Rodgers this year, hey, the Tampa Bay game, we can, we can pin on him, sure, the way he started off some of those turnovers. But other than that, come on, the game, everything goes through him as it does Russell Wilson, and he doesn't even have the same type of talent around him as Russell Wilson, and he's been making it happen, and they've been a machine on offense. So I think Rodgers should be second to Mahomes in the MVP voting right now, just the way it stands right now. But, hey, this was very close. But the fact with the turnovers of the last three weeks, that, that did you know persuade me to put Rodgers in front of uh, Russell Wilson at this moment. Here's where it becomes extremely interesting. Yeah. We have seen major jumps from 12 and 18, respectively, yeah. to 4 and 5 now. My guy red, your guy blue, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Uh, that's a hell of a jump. Oh. But you know what? I think especially for Murray, it's deserved. Allen, it's 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 been a little rocky since starting 4-0, and but but still, they're hey, they're winning. They're getting it done. So I, I can get behind this. As of right now, Murray four, Allen five. Yeah, I, I, this was this was a like a close one to me too, where I thought a little bit there for a while. I was like, man, is who do I want to put here? Ultimately, I go with Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. If you remember at the time we did the list back in June and all that, I, I said, I said, man, these are two guys that could be in the top five conversation when next year's over. They're they're just so talented, and I give Murray maybe the advantage, of course, because. You know, the way he manages the game at times, the running ability, the running ability that he has is so special. It changes the defense and how they want to play. Uh, Josh Allen's offense is better than Kyler Murray's. He has more of a creative offense to throw the ball and do that. You know, I don't think the Arizona offense would look as good throwing the ball and everything else if they didn't have the threat of, whoa, we have a really special running quarterback too. He really helps all of that out. And that, to me, is where I gave him the advantage over Josh Allen. But, you know, again, you're going to see here in these top four or these top five quarterbacks, these are all guys that, you know, it, it's them. The team is – it's about them. The team is built around them. The way they play every week is about them and the pressure they apply to the team. And that's where I go, yeah – from that standpoint, these guys in the top five, that's why I think they're they're there, and that, that's why I got them there. I want you to take the top five, and I want you to rank them under this factor. Okay. The guy with the most help around him to the guy with the least help around him of your top five. Okay. Uh, and we but, know number one's Mahomes. Yeah, number Mahomes gets Mahomes. one. All right, and we know right. number five is Rodgers. We know that. Is it Rodgers or is it Wilson? I, 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 I guess mean, it's Rodgers. I, yeah, because, I mean, I'm just going to go, okay, he's got DK. He's got Tyler Lockett. You know, he's got some other in-between receivers and Greg Olson that are good. And when Chris Carson's healthy, you know, Rodgers, yes. I know Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, but I'm going to say he's he's five. So Mahomes, one. Ooh, I'm going to go Kyler, two. No, yeah, move. Yeah, I'm going to go Kyler, two. Josh Allen, three. Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers five.
I think that's. Are the you way just I'm, basing that on offensive help or total team help? No, total I'm quality of team or just offense. I was just going on offensive help, just like the weapons they have available to them, and that's where yeah, it's close. Kyler Murray or Josh Allen? I don't know. I, you know, this is another thing where I'd like to do this list, like offensive weapons. Who's the top ten teams in football with offensive weapons? But I don't know. Would you take Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, um, and Andy Isabella? And like Kenyon Drake and and Edmonds over Josh Allen's supporting cast of Diggs, Beasley, Brown, you know, Singletary, Moss. What 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 would you do? That's that's a close one to me. What would you do there? I uh, I, I I DeAndre Hopkins is I'd the tiebreaker, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. I, I think, think he makes it. up for uh, for all. And and you know what? They do have a pretty good. They got a Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald. That's what I mean. Yeah, and Kirk is pretty and, good. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and Andy Isabella. If you know, yeah, right. I, I'd go with Cardinals. I agree with you on that. All right. There's a question from Twitter at dmathis14. Should Josh Allen be above Kyler Murray? It looked apparent last week. He's a way better passer and still has legs. He he is a better passer. I I, I do agree with that. It's very close, as I just mentioned. I mean, it was. It's, I I was splitting hairs here. And I, you know, I kind of think I answered the question a little bit. The reason I picked jo- uh, Kyler Murray is yes, just a little bit of that running ability and what he does for his team is that it's that special, you know. And Josh Allen, listen, he has some of that aspect too, but it's not to the point of Kyler Murray. And he is a better passer and dangerous there. But yeah, I think Kyler Murray, you know, even the way he manages games and does all that too, I just give him a hair of an advantage. I think in those two categories to where. You know, I make Josh Allen five and Murray four, but as you know, I love both. The next guy after the top five is Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback. The yeah. Texans obviously struggling this year. Question from M. Gilroy nine. Poor Watson. He's truly the third guy I would start my franchise with after Mahomes and Kyler. Get him out of Houston. Not really a question as much as a command. Yeah. Get him out of Houston. A little too late for that because he signed his extension. He's going to be in Houston for a while, and he's the guy they're trying to build around. But it is sad to see a guy whose career is being wasted on a team that that doesn't have the help around him that allows him to be the best quarterback he can be, Chris. Yeah, it is. It, it, you know, they they hopefully they can fix this and, and get it right. You know, we've seen, hey, we've seen Arizona. We've seen the Miami Dolphins really flip their team over in one year. You know, can they do that and start putting the right support system around Deshaun Watson? He's special. I mean, hey, listen, uh, I, I don't disagree with what, what McGilroy 9 is saying there in a lot of ways. You know, you're, you're right. He, he'd, he'd be one of those guys where I maybe would think about him third to start an organization. He's got it all. He really does. There's no aspect of his game that is not, you know, awesome. Um, I, he is in a tough spot with a team that, again, just like the other guys in the top five, it's all about him, except he just doesn't have enough support anywhere to kind of help him out. But, man, when you really study how he's played this year, has it been perfect? No, but it's been phenomenal. I mean, in a lot of ways. They they would have zero wins if they don't have Deshaun Watson. They'd have been blown out of some games by a lot more if they don't have Deshaun Watson. You know, and the other thing, too, where Deshaun Watson, hey, he's he's a special thrower. He's a pocket quarterback. And I'm just going to talk about uh, number seven. I made Lamar Jackson, right? And I'm just going to go. That one was I at first split hairs, but I went, you know what? Okay, Deshaun Watson's a really special pocket quarterback who has the ability to run. And I think, you know, that puts more pressure on you than Lamar Jackson, who is, yeah, has a greater ability to run, 
but I think is a lesser pocket quarterback than Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's even comparable at this point. So that's where I put, you know, Watson six and Lamar seven. And it was just three years ago that Watson was taking the league by storm as a rookie while Patrick Mahomes was sitting on the bench. I mean, think of how much the league changes. I know. In a relatively grand scheme of things, short period of time. Yeah. Three years ago, it was Watson, Watson, Watson. He went up to Seattle. Richard Sherman went to him after the game and said, you've played better against this defense than any quarterback ever has. Torn ACL in practice, non-contact. Remember, Watson told us after the season he thought it happened on a hit in that Seattle game, that that's what got it to the point where it was ready to go. And and he's been struggling ever since then to get back to that point where he's that superstar and it's he doesn't have the help around him. And meanwhile, here comes Patrick Mahomes, here comes Lamar Jackson, here comes Kyler Murray. But look, the Texans believe in him and he's there. And, and you know, even with the long-term contract, if he ever does sufficiently sour on the organization and decides he wants out kind of hard to keep a franchise quarterback around who doesn't want to be there the you have a contract deal with it attitude doesn't work with the guy who sets the tone for no, the locker room and doesn't. and here's here's the thing you've already set the precedent by what you did with DeAndre Hopkins he didn't want to be there anymore you trade him if Deshaun Watson gets to the point where he doesn't want to be there anymore you trade him. And I don't know that it gets burned down to that point in Houston. A lot of it hinges on the next GM and the next head coach. But I, I think back to the, the video from last hour of the question being posed to Deshaun Watson about DeAndre Hopkins. And the, the, yeah. well, the question, it's like, it's like yeah, this, this guy's not comfortable right now. And they better do something to make him comfortable, Chris, or he's going to want out of there eventually. It may not be next year. Yeah. may not be the year after, but eventually he's going to want out if they don't start turning this thing around. Yeah. I, you, know, it, you know, you're right. And I don't think we're there yet. I mean, it has been two playoffs appearances the last two years. You know, last year they did get a win finally, had that lead in Kansas City. But, you know, to your point, yeah, if Houston's smart, they have a special guy, a special person with charisma special person in the community I those type of guys usually don't want to leave where they were drafted because they want to they think hey I'm the man I'm going to make this team good and we're going to win Super Bowls here I planted my flag here he's I think he's that type of individual and they just need to go all in with him and I just you know offensive genius this year and the head you know head coaching search all those things and start framing the team around him just like Mahomes or Kyler Murray or even Josh Allen has or, you know, uh, in their perspective careers. Respect. We talked yesterday about teams that have turned it around dramatically. The Dolphins have done it. We were talking about the 1999 St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Has there ever been a team? I mean, think about it. Think about it. The Texans are up 21-0 in the first half at Kansas City. From the moment Bill O'Brien decides not – no, I'm saying it was 21 oh, nothing, sorry. and he freaked himself right. out, and he went for the field goal right. when he could have delivered the dagger and made it 28. But from the moment it's 21, and he oh, – from that moment where he oh, – has there ever been a fall like this one that fast where it's all just collapsing and he's gone? After he was made the general manager following the season, he's gone. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. You get the sense J.J. Watt can't wait to get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. And just this vague who knows what's going to happen next. It's just amazing to see how quickly a team 
that was in position to deliver the dagger to the Chiefs. Because I think if it gets to 28 nothing, even with Patrick Mahomes, if it gets to 28, it's it's a little bit too much to expect. 24 gives you that opening. And uh, I just I, – it's amazing. And I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he's one of our favorites too. we got a lot of favorites. A lot of these young quarterbacks we love. Yeah. And he's the one that's been forgotten because he doesn't – He, you know, we talk about who's got help around them. He's got nothing. No, got nothing. You know, it's um, a wide receiving core that's I overrated, and I think a lot of people did. You know, there's no running game. And it is a pitiful defense. I mean, a pitiful defense. And that, that's this is, again, where – you know, this is one of those where I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think a lot of people will be able to – this is one of those where, hey, yeah, they're 2-7, and seven, but it ain't his fault. It ain't the quarterback, and it's more than the quarterback. It's not about one guy all the time, and I think he's the perfect example. And oddly enough, I don't think – you know, most times when you pick a quarterback who's 2-7 and seven in the top 10, you get pushback from, you know, people on social media – I, I would imagine most people are going to go, yeah, yeah, I can't really push back. I, I know he's awesome. It's just the team is really that bad. You're getting pushback, though, from a couple of omissions. Let's start with Tom yeah, Brady, right. fresh Prince of Rofo. I love that name. Only one question, where's Brady and Mitch Milani? What about the number of big-time throws Brady has made this year? Look at the turnaround this team has made with him. He's made his offensive line better and his defense better by protecting the ball. Why is hashtag Tommy not in your top 10? Well, listen, I, I, he's he was on the edge, okay, just for those that are looking at my top 10. Like Derek Carr, Tom Brady, they were the next names up in this. Now, Brady's been really good. There's no doubt. Okay, it's an all-star team there in Tampa. I mean, we talked about weapons and all those, you know, with Mahomes and the top five quarterbacks. I mean, if we were going to rank them, I think Tampa's going to end up being number one, probably in the whole league, let alone it's a great defense and all those things. So, yes, he's making plays. I know that. But it's just I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, it's plays that ooh, nobody can make. I'm sorry, but all six quarterbacks that we've just talked about would make all those plays that Tom Brady did and more. And so will the next guys on my list as we go through here. So that it's not a it's not a thing against him. And then the other thing that you get into is again, yeah, they got three losses. All right. Then I start to think, well, how did they lose those three losses? Oh, well, big part of that was Tom Brady. You know, I mean, period. You could blame really all three on them, maybe. Okay. I'll blame both Saints games and then that Chicago game, hey, that was a tough night, and you certainly can blame him for the third and fourth down thing. Right. So he's right on the edge. I'm really love watching him. They're one of my favorite watches because of their aggressive passing game and, you know, just seeing how they're tinkering with him. But no, you know me, Mike. I put a little too much stock into when nothing is not when nothing is there and you got to make plays and do all of that. What happens? And to me, that's where he's, you know, at this point of his career, just not on the level of some of these other guys. We've been wrestling with the question of MVP. Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, if they would finish the season 16-0, and and that's yeah. still an uphill climb, even with only seven games left and a 9-0 and record, somebody from that organization has to be an MVP candidate. Why not the quarterback? Sure. And why isn't Ben at least in your top 10, given what the team is doing? We saw last year Steelers without Ben struggle and struggle and struggle. Now with Ben back, same team. Otherwise, they're nine and zero. How's yeah. he not in your top ten? Well, you know, again, it's it's more than one player, as as we always talk about. You know, that, it's still a really good football team, and they were in the playoff conversation all year, or at the end of the year, with 
the worst quarterbacks playing in football, and they were still in the playoff. I mean, the worst quarterback situation in the league last year was Pittsburgh. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but it's one of the top two, two or three worst. All right, it's down there, and they were still had a fighting chance. Big Ben's been phenomenal, but the way they play as compared to the other guys in this list, it's not about Big Ben and everything. You know, Big Ben has the luxury of, hey, they kind of just take it slow on offense. Hey, we got a great defense. I don't need to push the issue. Or, oh, it's ugly for the first two quarters. All right, now we've kind of figured it out. I know how you're attacking us. Now we'll slowly start to take a few chances and, oh, boom, boom, boom. But, you know, it has been great, and he's taking care of the ball, and he's still a great deep ball thrower. But, again, you know, I just go back to the same thing. A lot of these other guys here – you know, the, the success of their team is all predicated on them from the get-go. When the game starts, it's about them, and they got to make it happen, and that's how their team plays. And Big Ben, at this point of his career, that's not how Pittsburgh plays. So he's doing really good. He's doing awesome. I mean, he still can throw that damn ball. Um, but they're playing a complete game where he's managing the game and then finding his moments to take a shot here and there. And I think there's something to be said about that as compared to some of the other guys on here. It really is, though, easy for Steelers fans and Roethlisberger supporters to argue he's not getting the proper respect this year. I, I, regardless I get of it. Your list, just otherwise, yeah. generally, yeah. And and he's the the big he's the the change factor. No matter how bad those guys were last year, he's the guy that's back. And here's this team at nine and well, zero. Yeah. And it's and and I think it, listen, this is this is good because this is one of the things Mike Tomlin can use to keep his guys a little bit upset, a little bit salty, the chip on the shoulder, right? You don't have the accolades pouring in the direction of Ben Roethlisberger. So I, I think that it, it serves you well as you try to finish the job of 16-0. and 0. Nobody's going to get soft and nobody's going to get big-headed because no one's praising Ben Roethlisberger the way they should. No, no, I, I think there is something to that. Yes, it's, it's truly a team effort. And I think part of the reason he's not getting more of like, you know, the headlines and things like this is because – Hey, think back about the start of the year. I mean, the first five, six weeks of the year, you know, you were saying, I was saying, eh, I don't know about the Steelers and their offense has these moments and they're not putting teams away and all of that, right? You know, to where, you know, that's, again, I, I, I've taken that into account. I know it's been awesome just as of late, but he was afforded the luxury early on in the year to go like, hey, team, let me get used to playing football again and let me get in a rhythm and everything like that. And again, I would argue that, you know, the majority of my guys in the top 10, it's not about that. The The team and everything they do is about them. The Steelers have had two convincing, overpowering wins this year, and it just happened to come in the two games out of nine where I picked them to lose against the Browns and against the Bengals. They blew both teams out. Otherwise, it's been a fight every week, which makes going 9-0 and even more impressive. Let's take a break. A couple of 6-3 and three teams play tonight. Thursday Night Football props when PFT Live continues right after this. What a difference a week makes. Seattle was the clear favorite, according to our friends at PointsBet, to win the NFC West, minus 225, bet 225 to win 100. Now Seattle in plus territory, and 
tied for second slash third yeah. in the division with Arizona the favorite at plus 150. But it's tight. It's plus 150 for Arizona, plus 175 for L.A. and Seattle. And there's San Francisco even deeper into the depths at plus 6,600. I would not make that wager at this point, even though it would be nice to turn 100 into 6,600. It ain't happening with the 49ers, All right, so wait. those three teams in front of them. So what's 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 your who's your money on right now as we sit here? You know, like let's we'll, we'll both take one. You know, I'm just saying, just for conversation. Like out of those three, if you got to pick one to win the NFC West as of right now, who are you going to go with? Arizona. You are going to go with Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Are you? I, I think I'd go with the Rams. I think I think that would be the team that jumps out to me right now. I don't feel comfortable about that, but yeah, it's just so close and. You know, right now, yeah, I think Arizona and the Rams have more complete of a football team than the Seahawks do. And, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give them both the edge over Seattle. And it's amazing, too, because the Rams, uh, of the three teams, clearly the worst quarterback, all due respect. Yes, de definitely. But they run the ball. It's not even close. It's not even close. But Th they do run the ball. They got the three-headed monster. Yep. It's working. That's what... McVay wanted to take a page out of the Kyle Shanahan playbook, and he has, and he he's has. got that running game where you don't need to put it all in Jared Goff's hands. No, and it's a, it's a, you know, the one thing that I don't think gets talked about because it's McVay and Goff and offense and offense and offense is it's the number two defense in football. It's a pretty damn good unit too. So you know they got a lot of things to be happy about there in LA as far as the Rams are concerned. All right, some prop bets for tonight's game as Arizona takes on the Seahawks. Will Kyler Murray have both a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown? He is the first player in NFL history to have a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in five straight games. Will he make it to six, Chris? Uh, yes. I, I mean, I'm not betting against him. I mean, definitely not. And definitely not with what I've been seeing lately from Arizona. I mean, first off, we know they want to throw the football, but where I give Clay Kingsbury a lot of credit is he's really, like, you know, running the football and being patient with it. And like we saw last week and like we've seen every week, then they get close to the red zone. And because they've run the ball on these drives to get there a little bit, Kyler keeps the ball around the edge and nobody's there. So I would, I mean, I almost feel like it's a guarantee he'll get a touchdown rushing and throwing tonight. I, that's how silly I feel about it right now. I love that play they do. It's when you least expect it, expect it. He's in shotgun. There's a running back to his left. Everything flows to the right. Right. They he pull puts guards the ball the out. Right. Yeah. Right. He puts the ball out. The running back goes. He takes it back, and it's just psh, gone. Touchdown. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it and it and it it's unstoppable. And they don't overuse it. Right. They know exactly when to use it. The defense bites, and and you don't have to swallow the hook. It's just a little nibble, right. and you're flat-footed, and you can't get Kyler Murray. That's why run, rush attempts are an undervalued number in the NFL because the rush attempts are what set up what you're talking about. So that linebacker, think about him. He's already seen, whoa, Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake, pulling guard, Kenyon Drake. And then he's going, okay, I've seen it four or five times in this series – I need to get over there. This damn guy keeps gashing us, gashing us for five yards every time they do it, and you get over there aggressive, and that's when he reads it the right way or they just call it itself. But that's what a running game does, and that's why attempts are important because it keeps the defense having to think about it, and it's running game through that that creates a lot of big plays of the play action and the quarterback keeps and all of that. 
The Russell Wilson question, will he have multiple turnovers, whether it be interception or fumbles lost? We asked points bet for this line using their name a bet feature. They set it at plus 300 that he will have multiple turnovers. Bet 100, win 300. What would you take? I think I would go, I would say no. I don't think it'll be multiple. I think he gets one. I'll say one, but I, I just think there's going to be such a concentrated effort on, and he's just been so much made about his turnovers. And then it's Pete Carroll, who's famous for, you know, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That's all he talks about. So I, I would think that he is going to be extra careful tonight. So I'll say that he does not get the multiple turnovers. Amazing to see that change from the first five games to the last four, from 19 total touchdowns to and three turnovers to 10 and 10 in the last four games. And they're one and three, no surprise. And it all began with that loss to the Arizona Cardinals back when they were 5-0. and oh. More receiving yards tonight. I love this one. DeAndre Hopkins, who had 103 on seven catches when they played the last time, or DK Metcalf, who had two catches for 23 yards. He had the game winner that was called back. Pretty clear holding call on David Moore to pop DK Metcalf free. I wonder if he would have scored without the hold. But that one went away. The biggest play for DK the last time was running down Buda Baker 100 yards later. But uh, who has more receiving yards tonight between those two? Well, I, I, we, there's a lot of talk, right? Metcalf of those two receptions and Patrick Peterson covered them, right? And, you know, we talked a lot about it. And it was a game where I faulted Russell Wilson for that. I just went, well, there was a lot of times he was open. He should have thrown the ball to DK Metcalf. And, of course, what would they do the next week? Anytime they got one-on-one, they just abused it. If they play the same way tonight, Arizona, then, man, Metcalf is going to go off. I mean, if they're going to do that, I just don't see how – they don't have the type of corner that can cover a DK Metcalf. And I don't think Russell will let them slip by with, with the way they played this time. I'm going to go with Hopkins just because I think Arizona is going to change it up. And I have no faith in Seattle's defense. And the way and the way the Cardinals are running the ball right now and all that, I think I'm going to go with Hopkins. Yeah, the over under for Hopkins is 89 and a half for DK. It's 78 and a half. And yeah. the difference, the difference this time, Tyler Lockett's banged up. He is expected to play. He missed practice Monday. Well, it wasn't really a Monday practice. It was estimated if they had practice, he would have missed it. On Tuesday, he did miss it with a knee injury, but he is expected to play. It was a, it was a Lockett game. The last time he had a huge performance, they were yeah. taking advantage of the fact that DK was being covered and throwing the ball to Tyler Lockett. They may have to go to DK tonight. I think you think they're going to like try to get tough. the revenge with DK again because they got shut out last week and they're going to try to do more stuff with them this week. I mean, that's yeah, that's where I was having the conversation in my brain. All the talk about DK not getting the ball again. Always forces corner in the corner of the, you know, forces the OC in a corner to find more ways to get him the ball. When you combine what the Cardinals did to DK the last time with what the Rams did to DK just four days ago, and it's the Cardinals again, I feel like there's going to be a concentrated effort to get the ball yeah. to DK Metcalf. Yeah. And if there isn't, if there isn't, the Seahawks fans need to start demanding answers from the offensive coaches because as we've talked about earlier in the week, it shouldn't be that hard to find ways to get the ball in no, the hands no. of DK Metcalf. Jet sweep. Put him put him in the backfield. Give him a just give him a pitch. Give him, give him the old pitches, school. Right. Give him the old school two-handed underhand pitch out. 
Remember they used to do that? They used to do or or the one-handed spin. I used to love that. The pitch out that was the one-handed spiral yeah. into the stomach of the running back who would just take off with it. Do that. Well, I I, I agreed. Uh, they they have to, you know, hey, they haven't had to for the most part all year cuz the offense hasn't been an issue. But as they see, as you see, every team you're going to have a matchup. The Rams were one of those. Cardinals showed it. Hey, we know how to play you. We know how to slow down DK Metcalf. Watch tonight all those out there. You know, DK, usually they break the huddle. He lines up in one spot. He stays there. That's not how a lot of teams use their great receivers. You know, motion him. Put him in a bunch. Put him in a stack if they want to play man-to-man. Make life hard on these guys. You said it. Speed sweeps, reverses. Watch how many wide receiver screens DeAndre Hopkins gets tonight. See if DK Metcalf ever gets one because he doesn't really. It's very, very rare, and I think that's a really a big part of Seattle's offense where it has to grow in that area so they can still use DK Metcalf and the meat and potatoes ways that we've seen them use and keep people off that you know, uh, for, for the rest of the year. I bet there's a photo somewhere in the Sims archives of Phil with his John Denver Dutch boy haircut flipping the ball, doing the underhand spin pitch out toward the camera. Classic quarterback angle he I might not be old enough somewhere he might not be he might have missed that by like six or seven years like I feel like those were like late 60s early 70s playing cards where you know he might have just missed those old poses you know between the pitcher the or the one where the guy like does this right that's the other one you always say. You're like, oh, what a pose. That's great. It never happens in a game. Right. Never, ever happens in a game. But let's go ahead and have that pose for your football card. Yeah. All right. Over under for tonight is 57 and a half. It's the highest total of the week. The last time they played, it was 71. Are you over? Or are you under? Yeah, it's hard not to pick over. I mean, it really is. I, I, I'm still going to go over. I don't even care. I don't. There's a part of me that always goes Thursday night football. The teams didn't have as much time to game plan on offense and do those things. That hurts it. But I don't care. I'm still going over. Could the rematch be a disappointment? Are we expecting too much from this game? Is it going to be like Saints-Tampa Bay where Seattle wins 38-3 or something? Just some one-sided outcome? I would be shocked. I think Arizona matches up too well with with the Seattle Seahawks. I think Arizona, to what you said earlier in the show, has a real belief right now. And I think they're looking at it going, man, we, we want to be kings of the NFC West. And, of course, the Seahawks probably still think they're the kings, really. And uh, I think this is going to be intense tonight. I think it's going to be a little personal. I really do. I expect it to be chippy and fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I really do believe the Cardinals have just that that aura about them now. And and I'm telling you, and it was not a Dr. Doom question when I pivoted with Kyler Murray to having to turn around and play in just four days. And I, he would have played right then that's how badly he wants this game. He wants the opportunities to prove himself. He wants the chance to become as dominant at the NFL level as he was at the college level. And he's on his way. The guy who seriously considered playing baseball and who said earlier this week he'd love to play both, he he's determined. And uh, pound for pound, inch for inch, I don't think I've seen more raw determination in a football player than what Kyler Murray has, and I think that's going to be the difference tonight. So uh, that's not my official pick, though. The official picks come 
later today. Oh, you gave it away. I know who you're going with. Do you really think I'm not taking the Cardinals after what we saw Sunday? After he helped me avoid having to buy a a Josh Allen jersey and wear it today. Although I was kind of looking forward to it. I, you know, I saved a little money. Good. And you know I'm cheap. You know me well enough to know I'm cheap. That was my first reaction when you made the bet. I don't want to have to buy a Josh Allen jersey. Wait, I'm cheap. not only that, okay, but last night through a text thread, I said, man. <laughs> no, no. That, that's all off the record. No, it is not now. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but last night, I go, yeah, we should try to find more of these type of things where it's, you know, a guy you're passionate about and I'm passionate about. And we make these type of bets. For the viewers out there, Mike didn't want it. He's busy enough. He doesn't want to have to drive down the hill of his driveway and mail something, mail a jersey out. We were talking about no. getting the jersey, then signing it and sending it and doing stuff like that. You're just high maintenance. You're a diva. You're Antonio you, you, Brown. You watched, you watched the story. <laughs> what happened was you suggested we do it on a regular basis. Pete Demolitis chimes in and says, yeah, then we could – because you wanted NBC to pay for the jerseys. Yeah, that I mean, was, I want to pay them every twist. week. <laughs> NBC pays for the jerseys. Right. And then when we're done, we sign them as if anyone wants a signed jersey from me. We sign them and we send them to some random fan that got the picks right or just whatever the standard would be. And I don't have time to run to the, to the uh, pack and ship store and, and mail jerseys all over the country. That's I, that's my complaint. I don't care about the money. I don't have the time to screw around with the administrative stuff, and I don't have an assistant. Get an assistant. That's my complaint. Get an assistant. Oh, no. too Come cheap. on. Too cheap. <laughs> I'm too cheap. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we return, it's Thursday. That means it's time to draft the most important matchups. For Week 11, it's already Week 11, and it starts tonight, and we'll draft the matchups when PFT Live continues right after this. Chase Young and Joe Burrow get together this weekend for the first time ever as NFL opponents. They were teammates once upon a time at Ohio State. Urban Meyer tweeting out the photo of Chase Young going after Joe Burrow in practice. I guess that black jersey doesn't mean quite the same as the red jersey does everywhere else. I don't think you were allowed to get that close to the quarterback, but oh well. There will be no limitations on Chase Young's ability to go after Joe Burrow this weekend. Hopefully, Chase Young can restrain himself once the ball has been thrown. We know on Sunday against the Lions, he was unable to do that. Today's draft, the most important matchups for Week 11. Chris, you've got the trivia question. All right, here we go. If Tua Tagovailoa wins Sunday at Denver, he would join Ben Roethlisberger as the only rookies in the last 40 years to win their first four starts. Who was the rookie QB who won his first four starts prior to Big Ben Way back in 1979. Wow. It wow. might, this might be my dad. You know, it's funny. I just asked, I you know that's why I, when Phil was drafted, right? Because, because today's the 32nd, 42nd, God anniversary of the miracle in the Meadowlands, which contributed to your dad being drafted because the Giants lost that game. Like, I'll go ahead and say Phil. You would be correct. Hey, all right. Thank you. I'm glad I I'm glad I checked Twitter during the break and okay. saw and saw the Joe Pis- was it Joe Pisarchik trying to hand off to Larry Zonka? Is that what it was? Right. Apparently and they the didn't know how to kneel yet. And, no, that that's what brought in victory formation. Right. I think that that play 
brought victory formation to the NFL, and everyone has used it ever since then. It All also right. brought Phil Simms to the Giants, and I don't yeah. think you should even get the first pick here. You know, you, you, you've you made comments in the past in power rankings and things that the Giants weren't that great when Phil Simms is wearing those old uniforms. So maybe you should just pass this one by and just let me go first. I think, <laughs> I think you should shut up. All right, I, I'm going to go with uh, – Thursday night football. We've been talking about it, and I'm fascinated by DK Metcalf versus the Arizona Cardinals secondary. Is it going to be Patrick Peterson? Are they going to double him? How are they going to handle DK Metcalf? Is it going to matter this time around? Will the Seahawks come up with ways to get the ball in his hands where you could have seven guys on him? And it, it, it who cares? He's going to have the ball, and you're going to have to try to stop him. So I want to see that matchup. DK Metcalf versus whatever the Cardinals do to try to stop yeah, him. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I, 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 that's going to be intriguing to watch tonight. If it's going to be the same approach, is it going to be something different, knowing that Seattle is you know, game planning for the way they were attacked the first time around, but big part of the football game, certainly. And just, I mean, I, I think this is going to be awesome tonight. It's a it's it's a must win, you know, from the standpoint of wanting to win your division. You're getting into that type of game here tonight. So that's cool. And Seattle losing three out of four. They're going to be desperate and pissed. I, I, I got to go to our Sunday night game. I mean, there's just there's so many things and angles here. I mean, I really want to oh, let's just go basic and say Mahomes versus the Raiders secondary. Right. It's the only loss the Chiefs have had in the last calendar year. The Raiders did some really cool things on the defensive side of the football. We never saw the Chiefs. You know, struggle. Mahomes threw the ball into some crowds in that game. Things like that. Only interception where, of the year. Right. Only interception of the year. You, just, you don't Definitely. see that happen. And the Raiders brought out, they took the approach of coverage, coverage, coverage. We're not going to blitz them. Stop doing that. It's a waste of time. You can't ever get to the guy. So they dropped seven and eight all game long. They stole some things from how New England has attacked Kansas City's offense from the years. So I'm going to be interested to see what's that move from Kansas City. We heard Mahomes earlier with Peter K or uh, with Liam. He talked about that game made us think about patience and short passes and things like that. Uh, let's see if they can, you know, pull that off on Sunday and, and create a different result. I'm now reminded of talking and, to Jeff Heath after that game and 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 trying to press him for what they did. He said, "Well, we got to play him again, so I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give it." And Mike, also the other thing too, the bus ride around the stadium thing, like. I didn't think Gruden would do that to a guy like Andy Reid who has a prior relationship, but I brought it up on the show yesterday and I had two people text me that, eh, no, I'm pretty sure John Gruden did that to, you know, shove it in Kansas City's face. That's why he did it. It wasn't about a bus driver or anything like that. So I think Andy Reid knows that and I think that's going to make things chippy too. Andy Reid clearly isn't happy about it. Whatever the excuse for it was, he doesn't like it. And and that's the thing. When you get the Chiefs locked in and motivated, it's over. Your only chance to get the Chiefs is to sneak up on them like the Raiders did earlier this year. That's why here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Football Night America, Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. The logos by all of our names, and Tariqo will take the Raiders, and the Raiders will win the damn game. <laughs> Next one for me, let's, let's finish out the primetime trifecta. I'll go to Monday night. Aaron Donald and Tom Brady. Yeah. Getting back together again after Super Bowl 53. What's been the one way to get to Tom Brady? Not around the edges because he steps up in the pocket and throws the ball. It's pressure up the middle. They've been using in Tampa Bay A.Q. Shipley at center. They moved Ryan Jensen to guard. They're going to continue that until Ali Marpet comes back from his concussion. They don't know when that's going to be. 
Communication is important. Keeping Aaron Donald out of Tom Brady's face, even more important. That's how you rattle him. That's how you get him looking down instead of looking down the field. And I, I want to see if Aaron Donald can do Aaron Donald things. He didn't have any sacks this past weekend of Russell Wilson. Leonard Floyd got all three of them. What happens tonight, uh, Monday night? What kind of havoc can Aaron Donald create? And will it be enough to get inside Tom Brady's head and disrupt the passing game yeah, of the Tampa no, Bay Buccaneers? I'm with you, Mike. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun one to watch. I mean, the Bucs are – it's one of the better offenses in football. You know, we talked the Rams being number two defense in football, and, and that is going to be a big part of the football game. You know, the Bucs going to have to run the ball a little in that game too. If you think you're going to be like Seattle last week and drop back and throw it, you know, you're not going to win. If you think you're going to get in the shotgun and just be, oh, we're going to throw the ball, we're the Bucs, we like we saw in the Saints game, they'll lose the football game. you got to run the ball at the Rams a little. They're very creative in coverages. They're well taught that way. And you want to slow down Aaron Donald, run the ball at him a little bit. That's the best way to do it. All right, I'm going to a, a big Sunday matchup. i got to go to that Ravens-Titans game. Derrick Henry versus that Ravens front seven. I mean, the Ravens front seven that should be feeling kind of embarrassed with the way they were pushed around last week against the New England Patriots. Ravens football teams don't get pushed around like that too often. They don't. I mean, it's really rare when you see that. Of course, you know Derrick Henry and the Titans and Mike Vrabel saw it and are going, wait, we'd like to do some of those things too. So I, that is one where, you know, here the Ravens are getting into a little bit of a Whoa, we're reeling mode here too. They need to correct the, you know, the the trajectory of their team. And the Titans are in the same damn boat. I mean, this is a big football game in the AFC. I and mean, these are two, you know, you lose this one in the AFC. You may not make it. You're not you in the playoffs. I mean, that's what's amazing. I mean, so yes, I, I want to see how that shakes out. And can Derrick Henry run the football on that Ravens defense? I thought it was a little bit bizarre yesterday. We played the sound on PFTPM of Ryan Tannehill, the Titans quarterback, explaining that Derrick Henry's touches have been down recently by design. Well, the design hasn't worked because they've been losing since they've reduced Derrick Henry's touches. But that feels like something that should be coming from Mike Vrabel, the head coach, or Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator. It was just odd to have Ryan Tannehill being the one who explains the strategy behind fewer touches, fewer carries, fewer opportunities for Derrick Henry to carry the football. I think more is what you need if you want to try to find a way to get back on track. They've got the Colts rematch in Indy coming up next weekend. You know, the Ravens could be done by week 12. They have the Steelers on Thanksgiving night. The The Titans could be done by week 12. Uh, one of these teams is, is going to be in huge trouble next weekend, especially if they don't win this week. And all right, the last one for me, whoever plays quarterback for the Saints – against the Falcons' defense. I still don't know who it's going to be. How can you not be fascinated by that matchup? What can the Saints do with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or some of both, right? We know Drew Brees is going to miss two weeks with the rib injury, five fractured ribs, collapsed lung. He's still got a shoulder problem, too. That was on the injury report yesterday. Uh, so he's not playing. Well, who is? So far, so, hey, here's what, here's what I'm impressed by. I haven't checked this morning. But the Saints practiced yesterday. Nobody blabbed yet. No. As to who got the reps. So Sean Payton has managed to put the Kavorka on everyone to keep their damn mouths shut. And uh, uh, I like it. I like it. Although I still think at some point it's going to come out. I, I would think so, too. That somebody somewhere at least, you know, oh, I think you're going to see more of Jameis or more of Taysom Hill. You know, I think there was somebody from NFL media who released something that said we would see 
Jameis. They said, expect to see a lot of Jameis, which yeah. is planting the flag to say, I was right. It was going to be Jameis. Right. No. Right. Come out and say he's the starter. Don't yeah. say expect to see a lot of Jameis Winston. Say he's the starter yeah. if that's what you're reporting. I'm, I'm I, I know that. the game. Yeah. No, I, I right. hear you. I'm expecting that. So that, uh, that uh, we'll see. I'm, I am intrigued by that. I, my last pick, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers that Colts defense. Colts defense, number one in football. They don't blitz ever. That front four is very good. You know, Packers offensive line, we know they're a good pass protection offensive line. Can they protect Rodgers enough to where he can make his plays and do his things there? That'll be uh, a bit. That's a big game for both football teams. That'll be a fun one to watch. Xavier Rhodes knows Rodgers from his time in Minnesota. Rodgers knows Rhodes. I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers has a few tricks up his sleeve to expose Rhodes the way he used to be when he played for the Vikings. We're going to take a break and we'll wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. It's very emotional for me. It's important to me. You know, this franchise means a lot to me. I did not want to leave in the first place. Um, a lot of things went into that night, but uh, this is an important organization to me. I want to go down uh, knowing I did everything I could do, mentally, physically, emotionally, to help the Raiders win. That's John Gruden on the latest episode of Sports Uncovered, hosted by Michelle Tafoya. Michelle interviews Gruden and also interviewed our former players Tim Brown and Derek Brooks, former Raiders CEO Amy Trask, Gruden's TV partner in the booth, Mike Tirico, and some guy you may have heard of named Christopher Sims. You can get that wherever podcasts are available. All right, uh, Chris. I saw that Reggie Bush was on a show with Kevin Hart, and Reggie Bush went there. He 1,000% wants his Heisman Trophy back. We've written the story about it at PFT. I think he should get it back. You know, it's still amazing to me that we all kind of fell for that 2006, what a shame it is that his parents got free rent. No, it's not a shame. These guys are exploited. They should get what they can while they can, and they should give him his Heisman Trophy back. I mean, come on. Get, get out of here. It really, it's so stupid. I bet you there's a lot of other Heisman Trophy winners who've gotten uh, illegal gifts, okay? This ain't new to college football. Please give it back to the guy. He earned it just the way everybody else in college football did, and there's lots of other superstars that had, you know, universities give them some stuff. That's it for today. See you Friday. Have a great day. See ya. Day.